0: People of note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions Fine Music Radio and this is Rodney Trudgeon, welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. Now Cape Town Opera has announced the appointment of maestro Adam Smith as the company's resident conductor and head vocal coach. And with recent engagements at the opera houses of Heidelberg, Halberstadt, Schwerin and Bonn, Adam is delighted to be joining our Cape Town Opera Company in what promises to be another dynamic year for what's known as Africa's premier opera company, and interestingly Adam made his debut conducting the Northern Czech Philharmonic Orchestra in one of the most prestigious concert halls of Europe, the Smetana Hall in Prague. So Adam, it's good to have you here in Cape Town on the tip of Africa. Welcome indeed, and also to Fine Music Radio. Thank you very much. When you you heard the offer, I presume they offered you this job, and you thought, Ah, I wonder if I should go to Cape Town. (laughs) Was it an easy decision? yeah it kind of was whenever I came to South Africa. It
1: was a beautiful experience. It was professionally and personally, and then, of course, there are some some other arguments like the beautiful places that there are the fantastic wine <laughs> but uh <laughs> you see, I we're in the second sentence already talking about wine but uh <laughs> but actually, I was always amazed by the spirit that people have here. I was amazed by the quality, by the dedication there's a huge seriousness in which uh, people approach this music it's a uh, almost like a look on my place that I come from, from a different angle. And that always makes things very fascinating. Gosh, lo- and you have been here before, haven't you? I have, I have, and I have conducted in other places, and I have met people. So I had quite a good idea, and that's why my answer comes so quickly, mm-hmm. because I had pretty much of a, of a good idea what would happen. And then I had also a sense that in the company we have a very nice way of communication, because it had been there when I was conducting the duet gala uh, last year, right. and I felt that there is some a good mix between energetic work. But also not too much top down communication, but also some like flexible structures, which I find very appealing and
0: contemporary. Mm. And for you as a conductor, as a music director, that must be very useful to have that flexibility from management. Well, it makes things very interesting
1: because you are not reduced to one role here and you can develop in many ways. And I believe that part of our tasks as musicians, as conductors, as pianists, as vocal coaches is to make sure that our work becomes versatile interesting that we are always full of this energy that we need in first place for ourselves but then of course because that's where we have to start with right we have mm-hmm. to be first in a good of place yourself, yes and then we share it with the musicians with the singers and there's a uh, reciprocal relationship mm-hmm. that we that we have then. and
0: and ideally the result then is something that the audience can sense well, what I want to know now, although I've been looking at your bio, is where do you actually come from? It's Poland, is it? That's correct. So, but you said you worked a lot in Germany. That's both is right. Uh, I was born in Poland. My whole
1: family is Polish, although it is a region that is like between Poland and Germany. And when we moved to Germany, I was a kid. I was six years old. So I lived over 30 years of my life, which is the major part of my life in Germany. I also lived in the Pacific, in Papua New Guinea. I also lived in Colombia, in South America, and so on. So I've, I've traveled quite a lot. But I certainly have a strong German part because my whole education, school, and university, and a major part of professional career
0: has been in Germany. Okay. So all these other places you've been to, like Papua New Guinea and the yes. Pacific, was that also for music, for conducting mm-hmm.
1: Um, yes and no it came always somehow <laughs> it landed there <laughs> okay. but uh, but in first place just to give you an example a brief yeah. example for Papua New Guinea I went there uh, because it was a civil service at the time and I found the most exciting idea or the most exciting way of doing that would be to go to such a place and after I had seen some of the videos what is happening there and it's like the biggest Contrast that you can have when you come from Europe mm. and a most wonderful experience. I stayed there for actually over two years. And ultimately, I founded a little choir and there was music involved. And we even pre- at some point uh, performed for the
0: president of the country. Okay. In Papua New Guinea. In Papua New Guinea. Okay. But then also, so talking about traveling, um, you there's a list here of all the orchestras you've conducted. Baltimore, um, the Nuremberg, um, all sorts of things. And the list is very long here. So you certainly, as you say, travel a lot. You enjoy that aspect of your job.
1: Well, apparently yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe sometimes you start somewhere, and that travel was the longest. That was that one that we just talked about in yes, Guinea, and I got the taste of it. I think uh, before I uh, was nineteen years old, nineteen years old, I never went on a plane, but then. it it feels like I did it once and it was such a magnificent experience that I thought (laughs) I really want to make this happen and want to see the other places breathe the other air get to know the other culture and music is just a wonderful way To get in touch with people to not just be a tourist but actually to get a sense of
0: what people are and and the world is a beautiful place it is but also I was talking to someone I've never been to New York and um, he lived in New York for four years and he said friends used to come and visit him and say it was a terrible place because you need to (laughs) live in a place don't you like you did in Papua New Guinea you need to live in a place for a while you get just a deeper sense of it
1: i feel like just what i mentioned that you breathe the air that you get to know the people that you get get to know the ways the food the traditions there's something that goes along with it when you stay with people i mean mm-hmm. many many times i would go to a place and i would say in colombia i would i stayed with a colombian family it's not only fantastic to learn spanish but it's also just better to understand the culture and things just have a different layer in depth and that is something then of course that you can incorporate Ideally, in, in your art. Uh, your so art. do
0: you speak a number of languages?
1: Yes, yes. Okay, listen I want to hear <laughs> the list Well, I have like five languages that I feel comfortable with apart from Polish, German Polish oh, is English. your home language uh, Polish and German and German is probably the best because I did all my education there then I would have English and Spanish that I feel very comfortable with then Portuguese because I spent some time in Brazil Italian and French I kind of survived uh, you <laughs> know, I never learned Italian but it's so similar to Spanish and when you yeah. study Italian opera you survive there and then of course Tokpisin which is the uh, Papua New Guinea language Papua New Guinea has 800 languages Look uh, That's quite the number wow. but one of those <laughs> official languages that you can communicate with is Tok Pisin that is the language that I learned and now number nine I try to drop some Afrikaans words <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not there yet <laughs>
0: and, but wait you've also got a Brazilian partner haven't you that's she's, correct she's from Brazil she's from Sao Paulo that's right Sao Paulo, Gosh. You are a world, what is this, that world um, name? I don't know. I don't Discoverer? <laughs> <laughs> Traveler? I don't know. <laughs> now listen, let's have your first piece of music, Adam Schmidt. And I see, well, you will be conducting, but we'll cover this later, the Rossini Stabat martyr quite soon, won't you, I think, over Easter. That's correct, on the um, 8th. On the 8th, with soloists and the orchestra here. And one of the most famous arias from that that you've chosen is the Kuyus Animam, which has a high... D flat. That's for the correct. Tenor. That's correct. That's quite a challenge, yes. <laughs> and who better to do it than
1: Pavarotti? Yes, yes, of course. Pavarotti is is one of a kind.
0: It's an unmistakable voice isn't it Luciano Pavarotti Cuyo's animam from the Stabat Mater by Rossini which is going to be performed here in Cape Town what date Adam on the 8th of April 8th of April which is in fact holy saturday and Adam Smith is here my guest recently appointed as the Cape Town Opera's resident conductor and head vocal coach. We mustn't forget that part. How long have you been here in Cape Town? I arrived in the beginning of
1: February. So that is now, um, it comes almost to one and a half months. Yeah. So you're
0: settling in and I'm settling in. You mentioned wine. Um, <laughs> are you, are we, we're famous aren't we for wine? You are. And do you, have you been to see our wine farms? And
1: yes, I've been to a couple of places. I've been to Franschuk. I've been to La Motte and, uh, I've, I've done a couple of wine tastings It's a wonderful thing And they combine it with all kinds of stuff Like, you know, like uh, macarons Or or brownies I mean,
0: they are very, very creative with that And it's really, really beautiful Mm -hmm. So where would you call your home At the moment? Where is home? Well, it's Cape Town at the moment, isn't it? At the moment, it's Cape Town. Actually,
1: I stay in Strand currently. So for now, it's become Strand. It's become Strand for at least for the foreseeable future. Other than that, I think the place that I spent most time in was Germany. So certainly that would be because most of my conscious life, is uh, that I spent in Germany. Having having said that, I feel always that is there is a core that comes from the Slavonic culture, which is you know all the Eastern European countries. Mm-hmm. And I feel that also when I when I make music or when I meet people, there's some some familiarity with their way, they act, and their cultural
0: background. Mm-hmm. The Slavic sort of feel to That's things. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. well, how did you get involved in music? Has it music always been? major part of your life. When you were young, and I presume you started learning the piano very young, did you know that music was going to be the route you wanted to go? Actually, no.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's a frank answer. Uh, actually, no. Yes, it's the truth. <clears throat> I mean, I had I had an aunt that was a teacher, and she would teach me songs when I was a kid. And although I have forgotten all of them, he, she she told me that at some point um, I knew forty songs. Which I, again, I forgot all of them. But then I started piano classes when I was seven. Uh, I had a very good but strict teacher. <laughs> well, that's good. That's, uh, that's good. M- that's actually good. And I have no examples. There's no one in my family that would uh, has a professional career as a musician. So I was pretty sure, pretty early, pretty sure, once I heard the amazing pianists of my age that were much better, like at 13 or 14, I was pretty sure, no, I'm not going to be a professional pianist. They're just too good. Uh, What to do then? (laughs) And then I always felt a sense that conducting may be it, but I had a lot of respect for it, I really have to say, because you see there are so many of these geniuses around that have the perfect memory, the perfect pitch, the whatever perfect thing. But then I discovered, as I was studying general music for the first there was my first studies you know to become a teacher I discovered that I really was just curious about why composers would write something, what would be the content, the emotional content of a composition. And I felt that I had a pretty good access to it. And, and that was for me a strong enough argument to say, well, I'm going to be the advocate of a composer and try <laughs> to uh, convey the inner life and the richness of his emotional world to the audience.
0: Which is basically what a conductor has to do, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's one know. of the, one of those many tasks that he probably has to do. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And so did you then move to conducting and then start taking conducting lessons and all that? Yes. I mean,
1: we had some basic conducting lessons during my studies. Before that, I had like kind of self-taught a little bit when I founded my choirs in Papua New Guinea. Um, But then the seriousness of conducting just came to me when I was 28, which is relatively Mm, late. It is. And then I uh, applied for a master's degree and I got in. And from then on, you know, I tried to do my best
0: to learn more and more. Well, it looks as though you've worked with wonderful people, Niami Jarvi, Paavo Jarvi, and also this man, a Finnish man, Jorma Panula, who mm-hmm. apparently is a bit of a genius and has produced Famous conductors like Esa Pekka Salonen and others. Yes, he is very famous in Helsinki. There is this academy
1: and, um, you know, many people uh, have learned conducting with him. He is the most uh, reserved conducting teacher I've ever met. He says like one sentence (laughs) to everybody. (laughs) But he has this reputation of really like condensing all the information into very simplistic gestures, which is very good when you're young because you tend to overdo things Mm -hmm. and you, you must learn not to disturb the orchestra. And of course, Pavo and Nehme are geniuses. I mean, yeah. Nehme is a force of nature and Paavo Yervi has, has an incredible gift manually as a conductor and has such a quick brain. I've
0: never encountered someone that is faster <laughs> when, when it comes to realize what to do with the orchestra and how to fix things. That was very impressive. And one of the other uh, names here is someone we know in South Africa because he's visited here a few times and I've interviewed him, Benjamin Zander. Now, what was he like? Well, Ben, as,
1: as <laughs> people call him that have visited his course, <laughs> is also one of a kind. He is the moment where I met him was maybe 73 and he had the energy of a 16 year old teenager. He was the most charismatic person you can imagine, very warm hearted person. I've never had any course, and I visited quite a number, where I felt that every participant had a moment where he or she was really open towards what is really happening in the room musically, and Benjamin, or Ben, said uh, actually that the people that we admire most are people where nothing stands between the music and them. You know, no ego, no vanity, no no n- n- no other emotion that may disturb that relationship. Mm. And Ben was able, in this uh, masterclass, through all sorts of stories that he himself admitted were invented. <laughs> uh, and yet he, he he managed to open everyone up in a way that we almost became a little community. And if it was yeah. only
0: for that week, so I think he uh, he is a very very special human being. I saw him on a video somewhere conducting a class of fairly young conductors, in Beethoven Five, the first movement, and certainly that energy there. And he was an, well, he is an oldish man, the energy still there. Now listen, we're going to have your next piece of music, which is the Pearl Fishers duet, which we'll talk about because you're conducting that. It's the first major opera production of Cape Town Opera for 2023. But this is the famous duet from the Pearl Fishers. And is have you chosen it because it's just so beautiful? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's
1: no harm for the audience to listen to beautiful pieces, and this is something, you see, the critiques for his work, one of the, uh, the critics wrote, there are no pearls in the pearlfishes, and actually I disagree with that, because that is definitely one.
0: excerpt from Bizet's opera, The Fishers*, the duet, the friendship duet it's sometimes called, and that famous recording with Yossi Burling and Robert Merrill, and it was another choice, the second choice of my guest here on People of Note this week on Fine Music Radio, who is Adam Smith, who's been appointed to Cape Town Opera as the company's resident conductor and head vocal coach which, I have to say, Adam, is quite a responsibility, let's face it. There's a lot that you have to control and contribute to. Do you agree? It can't be easy. Well, I agree with you that it's a lot of
1: responsibility and there's also some beauty also in starting the process and then giving it also, or sharing it, sharing it with some other people. You know, there are other pianists that are now there and that will be coming and they will also take a role. And it's important that singers learn from different angles mm-hmm. um, because then they come back with me and the orchestra and then there will be something that we had as a common story when we start to work on the piece when we discover it together and then it undergoes a process for all of us everyone goes through that journey and then it comes together with the orchestra so you're right it's a lot of responsibility but it's also a beautiful journey.
0: Well exactly and talking about journeys when I asked you while that music was playing about um, the pearlfishers you said it's a journey you're all learning it and experiencing as you go along. Yes I'm you know we talked about recordings
1: and so on and I said well I think it's important to inform yourself about other people's ideas mm. of those works because they may know more than you do, especially when you conduct it for the first time. However, oh, is this the first time for you the It's the first time the to, 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 to conduct the okay. that's right. Uh, however, my approach, and um, there are many approaches and many of them have, Their validity is to first look what did the composer write. What is the original source? So I go into the score, the vocal score. I play the voice. I sing the voice. I try to learn. I try to work and discover that, as as I described with the singer, also Mm -hmm. and also try out things. It's a little bit like in a kitchen, and you (laughs) try and you yeah because you can you can you are allowed to try out things. And some of them just (laughs) may fail. There may be an an epic fail, but you went into that direction, and maybe there is still some takeaway that you can take from there. And then once you have an inf- informed opinion, well, let's let's see what other people uh, thought about it, and then you know, and then I mean, I, I heard at some point that the geniuses steal, so um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> may, maybe I'm entitled to to that too at some point. I think there should be no vanity in that process. I think there should be, the goal should be to come as close to the idea what Bizet wrote, which brought me, I read I think a couple of days ago about his metronome markings. Because has some metronome markings, that I thought, is that really the tempo and, ah, oh, that, that seems slow, that seems fast. And then I read that Massenet actually, a contemporary, my music is the same as Bizet's, we write some tempo markings, and they are like the, the piece should start but then from then on there's a lot of liberty to go this or that way and that also uh, tells me something about French music in general how it is approached maybe opposed to German music that there's maybe more liberty that there is some some freshness some improvisational aspect flexibility, flexibility, flexibility yeah. absolutely that you then can kind of approach and then you have to discover that and you have to go as deep
0: as you can in the very short amount of time that you have for this work <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Because um, it is short, isn't it? You've you've obviously studied the score, as you said. You've gone into it and looked at the original texts. Now you hear. Now you're working on it, and it opens when? It opens in on May tenth. Tenth of May. So basically, tomorrow (laughs) in my in Uh, my uh, yes, (laughs) it's
1: relatively close, isn't it? It is. It is. Yes, and that's a challenge. But as Bernstein said, you always need for success a good plan and not quite enough time. So oh yes, that's a famous quote of Bernstein. (laughs) Did you um, admire Bernstein? Of course, as a conductor. Yeah, absolutely. He is, uh, you, you can always, you can always say for one piece or the other, you may have another idea of how that Beethoven's symphony should have sounded. But that's not the point. The point is that in his own way, he came as close as it gets to music. And I actually, when I was doing the Jarvi Academy, one of the teachers had been associate of Bernstein for many years, his assistant Leonid Green. And he said that Bernstein, when he rehearsed, Every rehearsal was like a different performance <laughs> that's what he was and they and they were different in terms of interpretation also mm. so he had this very fundamental natural access to music in so many ways as a pianist as a conductor as a composer he could express himself in a way that you know that every horror of him is music at some point. I love it. And I love that's, and that's yeah. something that is so unique. Then you can you know you can still say oh I'd like this tempo better, but that <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter at all. It's no. just
0: it's just such a personality that you have to admire. And one thing with Bernstein do you agree that his tempo always seemed Right. Even if he was being a bit naughty and using lots of rubato, it seemed right it for seemed him. Right.
1: It seemed right for him. Although yeah. there's a, there's a, actually a funny story when he conducted, I think, Nimrod by Algar. Oh, and he did it, I know about that. And he did it very slow. You know that story? I saw a video, a, a video with the BBC Symphony. With orchestra. BBC. And then he, later they, they were like, oh, he came here, the American, and told us British people how to do that music. And Benson actually admitted, no, it was slow, and I couldn't get it faster. I wanted to, but it didn't work. So <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> so
1: that's also part of. Our human, you know, yeah. we are all humans. I didn't hear that part, but there is, a, <laughs> there is
0: a video of that rehearsal. And when they do the transition into Nimrod from right. the movement before, and the brass players especially start looking at each other, and there's the orchestra looks astonished because I think it takes almost six or seven minutes, the Nimrod, <laughs> of uh, but it works. It works. It works uh, for him
1: because if you if you are this class of musician, you can make these tempi work. It's a lot of internal conviction and force and what what you say they seemed right yes they were right for him Mm -hmm. and he he convinced the orchestra because he had such a strong feeling that this is right in this very moment at least on a good day uh, that that everyone (laughs)
0: then would fall in line and would like be willing to give their best and this this is the sign of a good conductor isn't it when the orchestra is willing to give their best I think so. It's probably a sign. I don't know. I'm st- <laughs> I still have years to figure that out. <laughs> Talking about conductors, your next piece of music, Adam, is Mozart's 23rd Piano Concerto with Rudolf Serkin. Um, and you've chosen the recording with Abbado, and you hinted that Abbado is the main reason you're playing this, the conductor rather than the soloist. <sighs>
1: Oh, I just want to say that <laughs> Rudolf Sarkin is a fantastic pianist and, and, and I, I, but, but of course there's always a decision that you need to make. And sometimes, and it's the, the, the most perfect combination that I could find that kind of justifies things because there were pianists probably that, that I would have given like my first choice. But in terms of conductors and especially conducting Mozart, uh, Abado with his, incredible flexibility with his natural because Mozart must be the most natural and Abado makes it look so easy which is the hardest and he makes those micro rubati which it's his secret secret how he does that I don't know <laughs> but it's just it's just out of this world and I had the luck to see, see him once life and I treasure that
0: Sadly, we have to fade there, time is always against us, that beautiful Piano Concerto by Mozart number 23, and that was the first movement. That recording featured Rudolf Serkin as soloist with Claudio Abado, the conductor, and a special choice of my guest on People of Note this week, who's Adam Smith, and he's been announced as the company's resident conductor and head vocal coach of Cape Town Opera. So I wanted to ask you actually about repertoire. Is your operatic repertoire at the moment or or symphonic repertoire quite wide because you're a relatively young man and getting lots of experience? Or do you specifically hate someone like <laughs> someone else? Well, I have favorites. Let's put it this way. Okay. No <laughs> so fair, I, huh? have,
1: I have to start with Mozart. That's always there. Um, it's just a, also genius. One You can give him many names. For operatic repertoire, because we, we talk mainly here, Of we started off with uh, uh, um, you know with my job here at the opera. I love Puccini, Verdi and Wagner. Those are for me the four gods. I, I respect and love. All the other composers but those are my top four if I had to name them Um, the symphonic repertoire you cannot go past by the big B's uh, you know Beethoven Brahms uh, uh, Bruckner and uh, of course also Bach you have to consider Schubert you have to consider Mendelssohn (laughs) Schumann it's hard to (laughs) There's so much out there so much out there and everything is beautiful I had at the beginning when I started uh, discovering I love all the different styles because as we talked about the the countries that you visit you also visit the soul of people that have a right to exist for one, two, three, four hundred years and beyond because they communicated apparently something that was so unique. And they communicated it from their special place where they come from. So it's like visiting their country, their culture, and yet it's a very unique soul that you visit. So I find in basically almost, or maybe I can even cross out that almost, every composer (laughs) a lot of beauty. Mm -hmm. However, when I listened the first time to Sacre du Ponton, by Stravinsky although it's a very impressive work and i love it now i had a very hard time and i feel i felt almost like some nausea <laughs> <laughs> really i really did i really did and i and, and, and i i feel a little bit alleviated um, i thought okay i'm not such a bad person because when i read that simon rattle actually felt the same when he was doing the tristan uh, that, that they put uh, that they even had to put in the rehearsal some some buckets in case he would throw up <laughs> uh, you know no. i felt like i felt like okay 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 <laughs> I, I i understand him <laughs>
0: Gosh, I didn't know that about Simon <laughs> Rattle. Wow. <laughs> now, listen, uh, we're running out of time at great speed here, are So let's... We, you've, you spoke about Kleiber, Carlos Kleiber, so passionately, and yes. his famous recordings commercial Brahms 4 yes. and also Beethoven 5 and 7. Yes. That lovely Tristan, which apparently four, he didn't... Also, four.
1: also Beethoven 4. Oh, also Beethoven 4, four he and did. 5 and 7. And That's
0: right, that's yes. right. Now you've chosen Brahms 2 yes. with Kleiber, so tell me why and what you're out for. Guide us through what we're about to hear.
1: I don't... <laughs> it's almost impossible to make a choice with this incredible uh, uh, conductor. I think, you see Brahms said that he doesn't like metronomes. And when you approach Brahms, the the beauty, it's like a huge wave of music. And that's why it's very hard to perform because it kind of, it's kind of connected on so many layers in the score. And to guide through that, it's very hard to, to make it kind of a, a fluid experience. I hope I'm expressing myself. Like to flow. To like flow. To flow. Yeah. And what Kleiber does, almost no bar has the same tempo like the other. There's always some the most natural way to, and it comes out of one huge movement. And that's why the transitions are, it's, it's unreached, it's unparalleled to do
0: Brahms in this way and what he does there is just out of this world. So we're going to hear the opening of Brahms 2. That's right. The the uh, exposition, the introduction and exposition. Correct. Where these character traits are there. You can yes. hear it.
1: Yes, there's a moment you can see it even on the video when he transitions into the side theme and not only that, you, when you watch the video, you see the musicians really looking up and looking forward to play this beautiful theme on the cello, but also the transition before, when he uses the trombones, and uh, there's this this hemiola, and it's just perfect. You cannot do it better. I believe strongly as a human being, you cannot do a better job than Kleiber did with his Brahms.
0: Team. Now there, you've heard it from the mouth of the, the horse's mouth, as we say, Adam. Uh, we're going to end with this now with this Brahms. And so now I have to thank you very much for coming and being thank such an enthusiastic me. and fascinating guest. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward. to so let's just think we've got the Stubbard Martyr on the... Uh, that's on the eighth of April, and that's at a venue which is um, in Pal. In Pal, a venue in Pal, the Turin in K- I, I was afraid I wouldn't pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Four o'clock on Saturday, the eighth of April. That's the Holy Saturday in the middle of the East weekend. That's right. And then there's the Pearl Fishers opening on the tenth of May. Of May. That's right. Okay. So I'm looking forward to seeing you, out you. there or Thank down you. there if it's the opera. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, Thank Adam. Thanks good. so much. And here is the great Carlos Kleiber with the opening minutes of Brahms's Second Symphony.